Podcast! 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 Kermit the Frog here. Welcome to the Muppets Podcast. Yay! Hello, welcome back to the Muppets Podcast. This is Jimmy and Georgie, your hosts as always. And we are back here at the Muppets Podcast, the official podcast of WakaWaka.net to talk about the Muppets Most Wanted, a little more, some a little bit more about the soundtrack, uh, get into a few other little topics about some TV news. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the... Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge over on the Sci-Fi Network, and we'll talk about the Doozers over on Hulu, which is a Hulu original from the Jim Henson Company. So, uh, that's probably going to cover our show for the most part this time around. I actually recorded about half of the show last weekend, and uh, since then I've been sick again. I've been sick for like two months in the last four weeks. <laughs> it might feel like two months. I've been sick for two out of the last four weeks. But anyway, I'm feeling a little better. My nose is still a little iffy, but I'm feeling a little bit better now. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the Muppets, but we're going to hear a little bit more of that new music. And then we're going to talk just a little bit more about Muppets Most Wanted and its music. All right, we'll be right back. I'm the watch on All right, well, there we hear uh, Constantine singing to Miss Piggy, telling her all the things he would get for her. Uh, unicorn, the moon, he'll see what he can do. But anyway, we are back here this week to talk more about The Muppets Most Wanted. I want to talk a little bit more about the box office thing. There's one thing we mentioned last time. I basically gave my initial reaction and said we'd be back soon and would try to talk about the box office results. And honestly, they've I would say they've been disappointing. I'm not sure exactly where that would stand on from the Disney side of things since they're the ones who financed the movie. I uh, pulled up this information last week and the reasons I'm just re-recording everything um, since it is you know been another week gone by the numbers have gone up a little bit. But Muppets Most Wanted has uh, been out in theaters you know over a month now. It was released 31st of March. It is now April the 26th on, as, as I record currently. It's been just a day over five weeks ago that The Muppets Most Wanted came out in theaters. Uh, as I said last time around, you know, I really do think this was a great movie. I think it was probably a superior film over the past. Uh, the last one definitely was not quite as nostalgic um, as we had seen in The Muppets. But um, still, I think it was a good movie. But the box office results have not been as good. The Muppets grossed close to $89 million last time around uh, here domestically, and that's without inflation or anything. Currently, The Muppets Most Wanted, after, like I said, five weeks, is just a shade under $49 million. So that's a $40 million deficit there. And the, this movie, just looking at, at Box Office Mojo, cost around $5 million more than the previous film. And the previous film, another thing it had going for it, it had a really good uh, overseas uh, box office uh, last time around, The Muppets, along with uh, close to $89 million here at home, also had $76.6 around the globe, 
whereas The Muppets Most Wanted only has around 20.4 million around the globe. Um, so it's basically a hundred, almost a hundred million dollars off of where the Muppets ended up being, you know, just three years ago. And so I would have to assume from this financial standpoint, this film has been disappointing for Disney. Um, and I don't know what that means for the future of the franchise, really. I don't know. I don't know if that means this might be the last movie they do for quite a while or if maybe they'll shift their focus. I still think Muppets on TV makes a lot of sense. I think that's where Muppets got their start, really, in a lot of ways. And, uh... I know the history. You go back to what, the 50s, and and there were Purina pet chow commercials or whatever. But I mean, Muppets got their fame and uh, and everything really, you know, in the 70s with the Muppet Show, and then the Muppet movies kind of spawned out from the show. And I think maybe Disney should maybe maybe have tried to follow that model here again, and they did not. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I've been saying I think the whole time I've been doing this little show, uh, I would love to see some version of the Muppet Show or the uh, Muppets Tonight type thing back on television even if it's not weekly if it's you know a couple specials a year I think that would be good I know I think we mentioned the Lady Gaga Christmas special at some point I'm not sure we may not have but that thing was pretty terrible uh, the Muppets portions were good Christian Bell was good with the Muppets but Lady Gaga was awful and if you would delete basically Lady Gaga from said special it wouldn't have been too bad and I would have loved to have seen just a Muppets Christmas special versus what we got there but Anyway, definitely want to see more Muppets. I'm not sure what this box office figures mean for that. Uh, one other thing I did want to take a look at over on Box Office Mojo as well. Uh, they do have the adjusted for um, ticket price inflation. And so if you look at that, um, The Muppets Most Wanted movie is seventh out of eight of the eight movies. Um, with The Muppet movie being number one taking that $65 million from 1979, adjusting that to 2014, that equals $206 million back in the day. The Muppets actually gets rounded up to just over $90 million in today's dollars. Uh, the Great Muppet Caper is just under $90 million, And then from there, it kind of goes down quite a ways. The Muppet Treasure Island, again, adjusted is for 61.8. Muppet Take Manhattan is 60.4. Um, Muppet's Christmas Carol, 52.3. Muppets Most Wanted, 48.8. And finally, Muppets from Space adjusted up is 26 million. And originally, that box office take was only 16.6 back in 99. So anyway, that's the, the box office news. Still not so wonderful there on that side of things. And I know here locally, our theater pulled the showings um, last Thursday. The 17th was the last showing we had here locally i'm not sure how your theaters are I don't, I don't think it's been pulled out of theaters in general but just here locally they've replaced it with that you know whatever the movie they wanted to show instead uh, one thing i do want to talk about we've been playing some of the muppets uh most wanted music played a couple small cuts last week you know little little clips snippets uh played it one just a little bit ago with uh constantine right now we're playing the little score underneath me talking um gonna play another one here at the end of this little segment on the movie and stuff but anyway i do want to mention uh brett mckenzie from flight of the concords you know the oscar-winning composer of manor muppet he's you know been around uh you know last month doing some interviews and things uh, about the movie about the music and his just thing and uh, so a couple of just random things i read Brett McKenzie says he does a pretty good Miss Piggy and Kermit impression. So when he's writing these songs, he's actually kind of doing the, oh, Kermit, you know, the whole the whole deal there. Hello, Miss Piggy. Uh, <laughs> that was more of the Muppet Baby Kermit. But anyway, uh, I'm a little sick still. 
One of the things I do want to mention in conjunction with him, uh, the Muppets Most Wanted soundtrack did debut on the Billboard Top 200 at 68, and it was number four on the soundtrack chart. And if you're keeping up with soundtrack charts in Disney, you probably know that Frozen has been dominating that, and it actually has been a number one album for weeks, and it's it's been a just phenomenal on, on sales of those, of that soundtrack, and that movie actually broke $400 million. And so... Uh, Disney definitely has, even if the Muppets Most Wanted might be considered a little bit of a miss, they definitely have had some pretty big hits, you know, here recently in this same, you know, children type market that they're definitely a leader in in so many ways. But anyway, just want to make a few comments about what was going on with the uh, box office, about the soundtrack, just real quick. Definitely enjoying the music. Uh, I'm going to play another clip here of another one of my favorites. Um, this time we're going to play uh, the little snippet of dialogue and then the song of The Big House. Which is a fun one. Where am I? The gulag. Uh, a gulag? Gulag. Hmm? The big house. La Casa Grande. The, the big house. Hit it, boys. This is Russia's premier state-funded hotel. We're very proud of our eclectic clientele. Excellence in service since 1932. Don't believe what you read in the online reviews. It's the big house, the perfect getaway. Welcome into the big house, you'll never get away. It's no Hilton, no, no Hyatt. All right, well, that was the big house featuring Tina Fey and all the uh, prisoners there in the gulag there in Russia. <laughs> where Kermit ended up for a big part of the movie. But anyway, that was kind of our brief talk about Muppets Most Wanted and the music and stuff. But we want to get now jump over into something I was looking forward to. We mentioned a few times already on the show, the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge, which is on Sci-Fi's, is on Tuesday night at 10 p.m. And it's also available on iTunes and Amazon Instant Video and those kind of things. If you haven't seen it, you can pick up episodes around two bucks or three if you want a HD version. Well, if, if you're not really familiar, I know we've mentioned this basic concept before. It's pretty much 10 uh, designers, creature designer type people who, who come in with different expertise in puppetry and animatronics and, and just an interest in this type of field. A lot of them are professionals. Um, but the idea here is you get $100,000 and a contract to work for the Jim Henson Creature Shop if you win. And so each week we have, it starts off with 10 contestants and basically someone's eliminated. Um, as you know, they judge your work and, and stuff. It's very similar, as we mentioned before, to Face Off, which is a show that I like, generally speaking, this season. I think it's been a little weak on the talent side of things. Uh, Face Off Season 6, I think it is. But uh, anyway, with this show, um, we have Brian Henson, the chairman of the Jim Henson Company. He's definitely you know very important these days in, in that company. Uh, and just... It's awesome to see you know someone in the Henson family you know being there. Um, definitely, if you look back into some of the past of the company, it's nice that the, the Henson children were able to get the the company back. Uh, you know, but anyway, we're not here to talk history right now, but uh, definitely good to see Brian Henson on TV. We also have Beth Hathaway. She's into fabrication. Um, she was worked on all sorts of films like Jurassic Park and Terminator, Edward Scissorhands, Walking Dead, even on television. Just all kinds of cool things, uh, including the Chronicles of Narnia. And we also have Kurt Thatcher as the other judge. He has done all sorts of cool creatures from uh, Return of the Jedi to E.T. He did some work for Gremlins. He's been on, you know, different things on television and stuff too. So 
definitely very talented guy. He's been around the business forever and ever and ever, it seems like. <laughs> and then uh, they do have also three mentors on the show from the Creature Shop staff. We have uh, Peter Brook, who has worked on all sorts of things. Uh, we can run down the, you know, some of the lists, where the wild things are, cats and dogs, Dr. Doolittle, the Flintstones, and, and the Storyteller, which I really like. All sorts of things there. Um, Julie Zobel, lead fabricator at the um, at the shop, who worked on Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, Dinosaurs, Muppets Tonight, all kinds of cool stuff. And then John Criswell, mechanical engineer, who worked on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. He's worked on Space Invaders. He's worked on George in the Jungle, The Hangover, all sorts of stuff. So I have some really talented people here as far as the, the professional side of things, the judges. And then we've had uh, 10 contestants, and we've already had, at this point in April, uh, five of them go home. And I, I don't want to spoil everything of this. So I don't know if you haven't seen it. I don't want to say, well, you know, so-and-so, 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 I'll vote it off. Um, there was one lady I would say I was very glad to see get voted off um, that I found very annoying. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I'll say that much. But anyway, one thing I do want to mention, because, again, I don't want to spoil the show, but it's been cool to see some of the uh, different challenges and some of the different things that have definitely tied into some of those hints and projects that you know you probably know and love. Uh, the second episode, for example, it has uh, the... I'm always afraid I'm going to say this stuff wrong. The Skeeksis? The, you know, the, the big bird-looking condor things in the Dark Crystal? And they basically have this idea that there's one that's been banished to this like place and you had to come up with a design for it. I think it's been out in the desert. Uh, I think it was the, the kind of twist on it. Cause they always have twists on these little challenges, kind of like on Face Off. And uh, so that was really neat that they had to take, you know, a classic Jim Henson type uh, figure and then come up with uh, an idea. Oh, okay. I just remembered there are three teams this week. There were three teams of three and they had different uh, different places where they had to have the creature have been living one was in like a frozen uh environment one was in a desert one was in a forest and so they all three of them had you know slightly different ideas and and definitely different designs as they were trying to to make the thing and it's kind of neat like one thing they do they did make these big puppets and there's definitely animatronics and stuff involved and there's professional puppeteers who are involved and then the people who are on the team you know were playing parts and trying to do the performance and so it's it's really kind of cool to see see what they do there. And so if you haven't checked it out, um, I think it, some episodes are probably available on sci-fi.com. Uh, it's not on, it's not on Hulu. It's not on Netflix or anything like that. Um, but you can purchase episodes, um, through Amazon and through iTunes. And I'm sure there's probably other ways you could do that too. I know I missed a couple episodes of face off and I went back and, and bought those on, on Amazon here recently. So for the production companies aren't really into the Hulu thing, even though a lot of other shows um, nowadays are on Hulu. But anyway, you can check it out fairly inexpensively if you'd like to for like a dollar ninety nine an episode. So I, I encourage it. I think it's fun. If you like the Jim Henson show, movies and stuff um, from back in the eighties, I think you'd enjoy the show. And okay. Another thing I won't tell you who's got eliminated or anything. I'll just give you some ideas of some of the other challenges. Like the first week, they had to make a full-bodied under, uh, like undersea type creature, uh, like a full-bodied uh, thing for a puppeteer to, to puppet. <laughs> and there was one of those guys. I've really felt kind of got uh, cheated a little bit because he wasn't a fabricator. He was more into the uh, animatronic type stuff, and he he got sent home. But I, I, don't know, I felt bad for him. And then we had the dark crystal type challenge. 
Oh yeah, the, the third episode was another kind of cool one. They had a the junk creature. They went to this little junkyard type thing, and they were just encouraged to grab just stuff and didn't make it into a an animal. Well, not an animal, but like a well, some of them had animals, but make it into their their creature. And so that was kind of a fun one. The the, the fourth episode had a thing called Heads Up. Was I think was the name of it. Um, they had basically some kind of fantasy creature had been killed and then someone had like their head, its head in the trophy room and then it was supposed to like come to life. And so that's kind of a neat, a neat challenge or a neat concept. Okay. And then also in the last episode that was aired as a recording, they had to make like a large scale, it's supposed to be like realistic type creature, uh, They'd shown a, a unicorn puppet that they that someone there with the Jim Henson Company had made, and they were trying to you know this is the idea have something that's like believable something that's cool, and you know just be a large, you know, animal with real movement. And so I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, I, I guess that's all we'll mention right now. Again, don't want to ruin the show for anyone. So definitely check it out if you're interested. And one other little kind of brief note I wanted to mention: if you're a fan of the old Fraggle Rock from the 80s and there was a cartoon in the actual puppet type show on HBO and whatever but um, here recently uh, I think it's just been a few days ago Hulu debuted uh, its first original series for kids which is called Doozers and Doozers are those little guys from Fraggle Rock and so this is kind of a spinoff of Fraggle Rock and you know, if you remember Fraggle Rock that did take place in the real world they were just kind of hidden underneath and same thing with the Doozers they're kind of on the edges of our you know, real world, and it's all modern and awesome. And um, they find it kind of focuses on uh, four Doozer kids. And um, and the little uh, blurb about it says, This series is a way to get kids to learn about making eco-friendly choices, become more aware of their surroundings, and understanding how things work. That's what Lisa Henson said. She, you know, she's the Jim Henson Company CEO, and she also is an executive producer on Doozers. So if you have Hulu Plus, I was mentioning just a few minutes ago, uh, the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge is not on Hulu Plus. Well, Doozers is. And so maybe after the season is over, the Jim Henson Creature Shop Challenge, maybe it'll show up on Hulu or maybe it'll show up on Netflix or somewhere. Uh, I know a lot of the things from the Jim Henson Company are on Netflix, or at least they have been. All right, we're going to take another brief little, just tiny, about 30-second break with some music, and we'll be right back to kind of wrap things up here at the Muppets Podcast. Stick around. I'm number one. You're number two. We're criminals at large, but I'm at larger than you. I'm number one, you're number two. I believe in equality as long as you get less than me. I'm one, you're one. You're number two. I'm number two. You may think that you're smarter, but I'm smarter than you. I'm number one, you're number two. You're lucky for All right, well, uh, we are back for the last little segment here of... The Muppets Podcast with Jimmy and Georgia, official podcast of WakaWaka.net. And one thing I don't remember if I mentioned last time around, uh, the day I recorded the last one, I went to the Thursday night kind of sneak peek of The Muppets, and I recorded that, and I got it released just after midnight, I think it was, on uh, the 21st, if I remember correctly, anyway. And then the night of the 21st, the night that The Muppets actually did premiere i actually went on to another podcast and talked i actually went on two podcasts that night but <laughs> i went on the uh, the sweet spot and that's s-w-e-e-p sweep like a broom it's uh, episode number 125 from march 22nd is when it was released it's uh, around 120 minutes long i think i'm around there about halfway through we talk about the muppets 3d vision 
and uh, we talk about a little bit about just the Muppets in general and the whole history with Disney. That particular podcast, The Sweep Spot, is a, a Disney-themed podcast. Both of the guys who are both of the guys who are on the podcast, Lynn and Ken, both worked at Disney. I think they were both custodians at one point. And what they went on, you know, after I guess you know, years later to decide to go and make a podcast and talk about their experiences with Disney and the different attractions and everything there. So, uh, again, I just want to say thanks to Lynn and Ken, uh, the co-host there of The Sweep Spot, for inviting me on. Let me talk with them about the Muppets, the history with Disney, and the Muppet Vision 3D. And so if you want to check them out, you can over at thesweepspot.com. They're in iTunes. And again, that was episode 125, where we discussed those things. And so anyway, uh, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap us up here, this episode of the Muppets Podcast. Thank you again for checking it out. Hopefully we'll be back soon with another episode. I do have some feedback I need to get into at some point. I know I have some comments from Google+. Uh, there might be something from Facebook. Um, maybe from, I know I've got some things forever on Twitter. All right, one more thing I want to mention. I don't know if we're gonna if we're ever going to get it worked out. Uh, last month, I think it was, early in March, I talked with the, uh, the fellow who runs a podcast called the Star Wars Kids Cast, and he wanted to talk about, uh, at some point, uh, a Muppet... Star Wars crossover type episode and just kind of, you know, talk about the history of what they did together and this and that. And, you know, there's definitely some some big bright spots there when you have the Mark Hamill episode of The Muppet Show. You have the uh, Muppet Babies and their constant references to Star Wars and different things. Uh, but there's definitely some other things out there that aren't so well known. And obviously another one, I guess we can go ahead and mention Frank Oz and, you know, his, his involvement with both franchises and stuff. So definitely some big, big highlights there, but there's definitely some other things that we can get into. And so if that doesn't work out with he and I sitting down and talking about that podcast for him, I'll probably at some point in the near future do a Star Wars Muppets episode here for the Muppets podcast. And so we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure how that all worked now because I know he originally he'd wanted to talk around a month ago and so I know he's been busy um, with other things so uh, we'll see if we if that works out with him that'll be cool and if not we'll we can do a, a Star Wars themed episode here so definitely be looking for one of those one way or the other <laughs> that'll be coming down the line and so uh all right. Well, you can contact us in all sorts of ways. I'll tell you how. You can email us at MuppetsPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us over on Facebook. You can go Facebook.com forward slash Muppets Podcast. Um, you can find us over on Twitter at Muppets Podcast. We are on Google+. Plus. That's where we have like 250 of you guys out there who found us and added us to your circles. And so we appreciate that. And um, so that's very cool. You can also uh, find us in iTunes. Just search for Muppets Podcast. You can rate and review the show there. Also, MuppetsPodcast.com and WakaWaka.net where we post news and things sometimes. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Muppets Podcast with Jimmy and Georgia, which is a proud member of Jimmy and Georgia Radio. You can check out all the podcasts that we do over at JimmyandGeorgia.com. And also follow us on Twitter at Jimmy and Georgia Radio. That's Jimmy in G-A Radio over on Twitter. Definitely love for you to check out the whole family of podcasts. There is one new one coming soon, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> and as podcasting goes, I thought I had this brilliant new idea that no one had ever done. And at least two people have done it. One person stopped doing it and didn't finish. And the other people have finished. I'm like, oh, anyway. <laughs> you can check out MarvelStarWarsShow.com to, to read all about that new show that I, I plan to do uh, about the Marvel 
Star Wars comic books from back in the 70s and 80s. And so uh, we'd definitely love for you to check that out if you're a, a Disney fan, because Disney incorporates so many things nowadays, and that definitely includes the Muppets and Star Wars and Marvel and so many other awesome things. And so we'll be back to talk more Muppets and maybe some Star Wars and some other things in the near future. We hope to hear from you. And until then, I'll say peace. Together again, again. Gee, it's good to be together again, again. I just can't imagine that you've ever been gone. It's not starting over, it's just going on.